and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest this week is an 80s icon, actress Catherine Mary Stewart. She's best known for her roles in Last Starfighter, Night of the Comet, and Weekend of Bernie's. All three of those movies are celebrating anniversaries this year. Let's start 35 years ago. 1984 belonged to Catherine with her roles in The Last Starfighter and Night of the Comet. 30 years ago, the comedy classic Weekend at Bernie's came out. We talk extensively about all three. And I recorded this a couple weeks ago, so the news about the sequel to The Last Starfighter didn't break yet. There were still discussions whether it was going to be a sequel or a remake. Thankfully, they went the sequel route. We talk about that. We talk about her time as the original Kayla Brady on Days of Our Lives. We talk about her upcoming Christmas movie. We talk about the movie Imitation Girl. Catherine, super sweet, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with her. I watched uh, Imitation Girl last night. Interesting. I don't even think I've seen the whole thing yet. Yeah, it's it was it was really intriguing. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, totally. The the premise was 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 really interesting. So it was. Uh, I, mean, I know you had a, a small part, but it was uh, it, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, these are um, Natasha Kermani, who's the director, and um, and Lauren Ashlyn Carter, the the girl who stars in it. They're friends of mine, and they okay. asked if I would, you know, um, be in it, which I, of course. I was happy to do, but I, Lauren is like, I just adore Lauren. She's a wonderful actress. Yeah, she, she, she was really, she, she did both parts really well. It was, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, it was, it was good. I, I'm, I'm assuming you guys probably had like a shoestring budget for that movie, huh? Yeah, I'm, I, you know what? I don't know what the budget was, but I'm sure it was very small. These, these two have worked together. A, a number of times and they do uh these these little films that are sort of you know projects that they just love and want to get out there um so yes they we all sort of are happy to be a part of these things and i'm sure they're very shoestring for sure <laughs> right yeah so I, I guess that's why you, you kind of get your friends involved in, in the acting part right so you just kind of the fame scale right <laughs> right for sure yeah <laughs> and and i like these are these young, um, inspiring filmmakers, you're, you're sort of excited to work with them, you know, and see how over time they progress. And um, yeah, it's, it's really fun to watch. They're, they're very talented people. Right. And, and especially now with, you know, you have all the streaming sites and like, you know, the, the GoFundMe and CrowdSource, you have these young filmmakers that can actually make these movies now, whereas before they were kind of like hampered. Well, for sure, it's so much easier for anybody to make a movie nowadays, and I'm I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a right. bad thing because everybody practically can make a movie, and 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 maybe they True. think they can. And and the way I was brought up in this industry is you really had to, you know, earn your stripes. Right. You had you worked very very hard for years, and you worked your way up the the line of, <laughs> of authority or whatever but um but natasha kermani specifically and and lauren they've they've paid their dues for sure and they've studied and worked very very hard to get where they've gotten and um, i think they're very creative right and like you mentioned like you know when you were younger first starting you got to go through basically you know each you know wrong and stuff like that now people can just go on youtube shoot a video upload it get millions of hits and now they're a star 
Well, yeah, that's a whole other subject, isn't it? That's right. this is something that is beyond my comprehension, frankly. I right. I know there's a lot of um, influencers. Yeah. I guess they're called. Right. And I've I've I watched some of their stuff. I've been doing a little bit of research into it, as a matter of fact. Okay. And it's it's, it's shocking. Right. <laughs> to me, some of these people that have all the hits. I mean. A lot of a lot of the stuff is very provocative so I mean they have that kind of an audience and some of it is just sort of mindless craziness yeah. which is another I guess genre I don't know but um, yeah it's it's bizarre to me but it's a whole it's a whole different universe that I am completely removed from and um, shocked by really that it's it's you know people can make as much money as they do doing kind of mindless things but you know whatever i guess it's i think it's probably a phase in a way you know it might be a wave that uh eventually just kind of uses itself up but it's it's strange it's very odd yeah. for somebody like me for somebody as old as me oh stop it <laughs> Yeah, and like on, on the flip side, like my daughter, you know, she's nine, but she's like obsessed with YouTube. She'll watch these families and they have like, you know, these tons of kids and, you know, the ki each kid has their own channel and they're just doing like basically mun mundane things. They go to Costco, they go to the store. I mean, I really don't understand, you know, the appeal, but yet she's obsessed and they have like millions of views. It, it, it's yeah. crazy. Well, how do you feel about that with your daughter being influenced uh, Yeah, way? I mean, I try, I mean, luckily it's like the videos are, you know, are wholesome and they're fine. And she finds these families and she hasn't really, you know, kind of veered off that yet. And I know YouTube yeah. kind of, once a video starts, they have kind of like an algorithm. So they'll suggest oh. another video. And luckily sure. on those videos, they're the same. So she'll discover all these new families, but the content is still like, you know, g-rated so i'm okay with that for sure and i'm always yeah. you know monitoring my wife too but i just would mm -hmm. like to limit her screen time in general you know because yeah i know that's the challenge isn't it yeah. is limiting the screen time especially when i you know a lot of uh families will use like their um ipad or something like that as a babysitter of i course. mean you know back yeah. in my day there was criticism about television it was, right. it was a babysitter you just you of know course. put your kid in front of the television and now it's like you see these kids that are just glued to ipads who knows what they're doing on the ipads it doesn't look like it's terribly intellectual or right. <laughs> fulfilling i don't know what they're doing but there's lots of noise and lights and flashing so right. and it keeps them busy you know yeah all, yeah. all, um, all i know it just you know but, run, it just drains my battery <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 a it's a strange new world that's for sure right totally totally but i doing you know research i had no idea that you were my, my wife is a big days or lives fan and uh, although I won't admit it, I, I kind of watch it with her too, you know, at night when she'll, <laughs> you know, when she'll like, you know, recap the day and like, I'm like, why do we have to watch this? And, and following, you know, that sentence, I'm like, ooh, what, what, what's happening here with this character? What's happening with that character? Yeah. And uh, so. It sucks you oh, in. <laughs> totally, you know, totally. And, you know, it moves at a snail's pace, you know, because there's like five episodes a week. But right. uh, how was your experience on the show? 
Yeah, I was the original Caleb Brady yes. on Days of Our Lives back, way back in the day, <laughs> back in the early 80s when I was on there for a couple of years. It was trial by fire for me. Right. I have to say I was, um, it was the first actual job that I got in Los Angeles. And I remember um, my first day of shooting, my car ran out of gas at the NBC gate. Oh, wow. in, um, in Burbank it was funny I was just I was living on a shoestring budget believe me mm-hmm. and my car runs out of gas and I pulled it over and ran in so I wouldn't be late and things like that and I think somebody one of the cast members lent me 20 bucks so I could get some gas but <laughs> so that was that was a dramatic beginning um, I say trial by fire because it was one of the hardest jobs I've ever done I, I started as a dancer and that's tough. That's physically demanding, and it's it's a lot of work. And I've never, you know, I mean, it 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 creates such a sense of discipline in you. Um, you can pretty much do anything after having a career as a dancer. Right. Um, but this was a whole different um, challenge, in that. You know, you shoot one show a day, and if you consider that it's an hour long, um, which is, you know, 60, I don't know, 70, 80 pages of dialogue, now something like that you would shoot in probably, nowadays, probably three weeks, two or three weeks. Okay. You know, if it, if it was like a TV movie or something like that. But shooting something, or even a, a series, you know, you, you shoot a series, an hour show, in a, in a week. That's usually what the shooting schedule is. Um, or if it's, if it's a three-camera sitcom or something like that, you rehearse and you rehearse and you rehearse, and then you shoot it in front of an audience in a day. But with a, a soap opera, man, it's a whole other thing where you show up first thing in the morning, you have a read through and you block, you block, you know, you block it. And then um, you're supposed, then you have another, the, every soap opera works a little bit differently, but the way Days of Our Lives worked at that time was you, you would do the blocking and then you would be off script for another rehearsal and then you'd have lunch and then you'd have a dress rehearsal and then you'd shoot it. And um, it, I found it very challenging. I just, I was intimidated these actors, first of all. I remember my first day going on and I was nurse Kayla Brady and mm. I don't know, somebody was in the hospital and I was reporting back to all the regular characters and I wasn't, uh, I didn't follow Days of Our Lives at that time. <laughs> so I didn't really know who everybody was, but you, you say that uh, soap operas are sort of slow to watch and the reason they are is because they want to make sure if somebody has missed a day or two, right. they can pick right back up where they left off. So that that does uh, a number on the dialogue. It kind of it, it 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 makes the dialogue very very repetitive and sort of simplistic in that you have to kind of rename everybody you talk about and and kind of you know backtrack on all the events that have happened and and all that stuff all the time so anyway i had to like report to all these regular characters and i had to name them all mm-hmm. and i just got all the names completely screwed up <laughs> to the point where the actors were like we've got a cut because that's not my name right. <laughs> 
it was that was a a tough first day for me it was and and also one of the big rules in soap opera filming is they don't cut they right. don't cut unless they absolutely have to so it must have been pretty extraordinary yes. but you know it was fun to create this character and it's fun to see how it's unfolded over the years and the different people that have taken over the role and and all that stuff and and um i certainly don't regret doing it because it sort of got me working and put me on the map and then um you know and it led to auditions for the last starfighter which i actually shot while i was still shooting days of our lives so that you know it of course did nothing but benefit me right of course how how did they address your like departure from the show yeah um from what i recall and you've got to remember this is a long time ago <laughs> right um but from what i recall is i was moving out of my parents home into my first new apartment and i walked up these stairs to check out the bathroom and i never came out right. <laughs> so that was interesting well until some other person actor came and played Kayla Brady right yeah <laughs> Did they ever contact you to reprise the character? Um, yes, they did um, years ago, but I was um, involved with all sorts of other stuff by that time, so it wasn't something that I was pursuing. Right. Um, that's when I think they, you know, looked at some other actors for the role. Right, and then um, obviously you mentioned the last Starfighter, which it's amazing that it's celebrating its 35th anniversary this year. Uh, <laughs> It's, ah! it's it's yeah, it's crazy. I'm I'm sure you're going to be doing a lot of uh, like conventions and you know celebration for it, right? Right. Well, actually, I'm off to um, the Fanboy Expo in Knoxville, Tennessee tomorrow. I'm flying out. Oh, nice. Yeah. So and it'll be a reunion of uh, Lance Guest and um, Nick Castle, the director, and and me. And um, we we always have a great time when we're all together. We've done quite a few conventions together. It's always a lot of fun. Right, that's great. And I guess before we look back, uh, I know there was talk that Nick was trying to make a sequel for the movie. Is that still in development or now are they kind of doing like a remake? Um, I'm not exactly certain on the, um, the status of all that. They There's been all sorts of back and forth for a long time, frankly. Um, I know that Nick had a script that he was working on for a sequel, which sounded great. Right. Um, he sat down with Lance and I, and we just sort of gave us a basic outline of the idea, and it was terrific. Um, and then, and since then, there's other people out there that have, I'm not sure, I guess there's a remake idea out there. I think there are other sequel ideas, but it's something that hasn't been uh, solidified yet so we'll see what happens with all, with all that okay well hopefully yeah. it's more of a sequel than a, you know a remake because we all know remakes are just don't really turn out that well <laughs> remakes suck man yeah you said it <laughs> uh, it won't be it won't be the last starfighter I mean it might be called the last starfighter but it, you know it won't it, it just won't have the same charm and uh, you know, all that stuff that the original has, as, which is always the case, it seems like. If something is loved for a certain reason, I think Last Starfighter is a, a, a movie that is deeply loved by people because of the, the relatability, the charm, the kind of 
the innocence of it all. And nowadays, when they make movies, they just, it's all about the special, the special effects and the action and the, you know, superheroes and all that other stuff. And, and honestly, that's not what the movie's about. So it, I mean, I don't know, I could be wrong. You never know. But most re- remakes that I have seen have been pretty disappointing. Right. But a sequel would be really fun because um, the talk was that they'd bring Lance and I back and, um, you know, I don't know, we'd carry out with the next generation or something. I think that's such a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. And like we mentioned before, it could just be like, you know, a, a game on your phone or iPad that <laughs> will suck you in instead of an arcade game. <laughs> right. I don't think they'd have too many arcade games anymore. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. But um, that, yeah. how did you like um, find out about the role and what was it, the audition process like? Um, it was a pretty traditional audition process. I uh, went in and read for the casting director, and um, she brought me back for a callback at, for the director and the producer. And um, Lance and I were paired together, coincidentally. And that doesn't always happen. I mean, often you'll go back for a callback, and you end up showing up on the set, and it's some completely different person that you did the callback with. Um, but we were paired together, and uh, he and I just sort of went in and there was, I don't know, I just felt very comfortable with Lance and apparently he felt pretty comfortable with me. Um, you know, we were, we just, we did this, I think we did the scene where we were by the lake, as a matter of fact. Um, and they asked us to improvise a little bit, you know, the scene where we're lying by the lake and right. he kind of insults me and I slap him and all that stuff. But I think they asked us to do a little bit of improvisation and we just felt very comfortable together. So it was really cool that we ended up, you know, uh, shooting it together. Yeah, so, and that obviously was when Lance was playing the beta. Um, what was, was it like kind of difficult? I mean, you're, you're an actor and you, you, that's your job, but playing or playing off of Lance when he was playing the two different characters, how was that for you? Well, you know, that, I mean, it, it fit into the story perfectly because she's like, he's acting in this bizarro way. And so she reacts to the way he's acting, but she doesn't suspect anything. She, she It's more confusing to her than anything. It wasn't like, I mean, you know, as a as the character of Maggie, I just played into why is this, why is my boyfriend acting so weird? So it wasn't difficult. It was just a different sort of reaction to you know, in my mind, my boyfriend acting weird, as opposed to the usual, the kind of the way we've been playing it. Um, no, it was really fun, basically. You just sort of, you know, react in the moment. Right. And like, that was one of the first like movies. It was revolutionary in the fact that they use CGI and they were like one of the first movies to do it. I mean, I know it looks dated now, but I think that's more of the charm to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it definitely looks dated, but it really was groundbreaking at right. the time. Yeah, it was. It, it, and you know what? It wasn't as, in fact, the technicians who created these programs, they were literally creating them as we were shooting the movie. So this this is, um, 
this was setting this movie set the groundwork for CGI today. But even at the time, because it was such a slow process for them, because they were creating these programs, they didn't um, have them as refined as they wanted to, even at the time. But there was a time limit. They they had to have this finished, completed, ready to go by a certain amount of time. So they just ran out of time. Right. And they've expressed, you know, we did the 25th anniversary. We did a screening for the 25th anniversary in Santa Monica. And it was the first time I'd ever heard any of this before. But all these these people who created these programs were there answering questions at a, on the Q&A afterwards. And um, it was fascinating to listen to them. They, they said they would literally, they'd all be sitting in these cubicles. I don't know how many of them there were. And every once in a while you'd hear this Eureka or something <laughs> like, yes, I got it, I figured it out, you know? So it, it truly was a groundbreaking movie in that sense. And nothing had been done like that before. They sometimes compare it to Tron, but it right. wasn't the same. It was much more complex than even what Tron was. Yeah, I was, I was, I was going to ask you if there were any comparisons, you know, to Tron, which in its own right is, you know, a great movie as well. But just, mm. I guess, just besides being, you know, two video games, they're completely different movies. Right, completely different movies, completely different. And, and the special effects are completely different, too. Right. And then um, another movie, I mean, it's, it's crazy. You uh, had, you know, a great year in 1984. Another uh, <laughs> anniversary was... Um, one of my, I love this movie and it's it's great. Uh, Night of the Comet, which yeah. uh, unfortunately they don't really show too often anymore. You know, it's it's. Right. I I really wish it would kind of get you know a little more traction you know on like cable or the streaming sites. But uh, I watched it recently and it's it still holds up. It's I, I love it. It's just you know a nod to the old fifties horror movies. Exactly. And that was uh, Tom Everhart, the director. He also wrote it. And it truly was a nod to the old, that that uh, genre of movie, for sure. Um, I know. I, and again, I, 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 am, I adore that movie as well. I, these movies, when I was so young, and they were so sweet and charming, I'm, and I'm so proud of, of how they've stood up and their fan base that is, is so, you know, dedicated to to these movies um i think there's a real reason for that that that, that you know yeah night of the comet is very much tongue-in-cheek and but still these characters are kind of relatable on some level and what's also terrific in my mind about night of the comet is that both the protagonists are young women who could look after themselves yeah, you know course. they don't depend on some guy to come and rescue them and that was unusual but it's funny because I, at the time, what attracted me to the character was definitely the fact that she was kind of this tomboyish, independent young woman. Because it, up to that point, I was always like the girl next door kind of a thing. Right. And and Regina is is more um, more like me, I would say. Um, but uh, yeah, it it didn't really hit me that it was you know kind of groundbreaking in the sense that it was a female driven movie and that and these girls are tough and they could look after themselves even if one was a cheerleader and one was you know I don't know sleep worked at a, a movie theater you know what I mean I think it was such such a clever idea and I, I feel like it does 
it makes me smile. It stands the test of time in the sense that it's unique, um, charming, uh, all that stuff. And and um, so many of the fans that have come up to me in, in these conventions have said how powerful the influence, especially where well men as well, and the influence of these women were in their lives in a strange way. Of course, they gave them sort of confidence to kick some ass <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean yeah because especially you know during that time i mean you know now it's you know you see it a lot but you know 35 years ago you didn't see it that too much at all right but even today you know yeah there's lots of kick-ass women but they're you know superheroes right these these were just regular valley girls it's a you know what i mean there's right. a, there's a difference there it's less okay you can kick ass if you're a superhero but how do you attain that status as a regular human being you know uh, and and i think uh sam and reg kind of showed that you can take care of yourself and kick some ass if you, being just a regular kid right and, and the chemistry between you and kelly was was great and you know definitely oh. showed <laughs> oh thank you yeah we're still good friends today and we've done conventions together as well Yep, there's a, a real, uh, again, not a massive fan base, but a real diehard fan base out there. Right, right. And just like one of the, it cracks me up every time I watch it and seeing um, uh, the stepmom, you know, what's her, <laughs> Doris just clocking uh, Sam. It's just, it, I, I laugh out loud every time. And, you know, ironically, she, she's the last human you see before the comet hits. <laughs> Right, exactly. It's classic. It's yeah. classic. I love that scene as well. It just cracks me up. Yeah. Did you uh, do all your stunts in the movie? Um, I did not ride the motorcycle. Okay. I got to fight the zombie, right. which was really right. fun in the back alley. That was okay. just okay. such a gas. Um, yes, yeah, that's, that's totally my jam. You know, coming from <laughs> sort of a dance background, I'm very physical and really flexible and all that, and pretty strong. So it didn't scare me at all. And of course, the zombie was a stunt guy, so he knew what he was doing, right? right. He wasn't going to hurt me. Um, and he made sure I didn't hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> but I really, that was such a highlight for me in the movie. Um, but I still to this day do not know how to ride a motorcycle um so that was that was a stunt girl and then the, the shots of me riding through downtown los angeles on my motorcycle kind of the close-ups i'm basically being towed behind a camera truck so right. <laughs> i've given away all the secrets here but yeah and how much fun was the, the mall scene for you guys to shoot yeah, it was really fun, I have to say. Again, a little bit of physical humor there and, and just and also all the shooting and all that physical stuff I just love. It, one thing I hate the most in this industry is night shooting. Okay. And of course, because we were shooting in this mall, we had to wait until it closed down, and so we shot all night. But what made it um, so easy to do was the fact that we were just kind of jumping around and dancing and shooting Uzis and killing bad guys mm -hmm. and it was it was great it was really super fun yeah and like you know a zombie movie uh the bad guys weren't the zombies at all it was you know the guys in the mall the stock boys and then the government so it, right yeah it's kind of like the walking dead where you know you have the zombies but usually the humans are the villains 
Right. Yeah. Well, you know, the stock boys were on their way to being zombies. Right. True. The zombies were like, it's it's after a while of of being affected by this radiation. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it was that affected them. Yeah. And they had eventually. So they were halfway there. But um, yeah. So you know. Right. We were the guys still. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, ironically, which was a nice touch. Uh, Sam's, I guess, new man at the end, you, you know, drove away, you see the license plate, it's DKM. Just like, you know, the, the video game where it kept bumping you off the scoreboard. Right, it's DMK. DMK, actually. DMK, yeah. Yeah, no, I know. And um, again, a little detail that I didn't really pick up on until like later after seeing the movie a couple of times, I'm like, oh my God. Isn't that, which is pretty bad that I didn't have that figured out. But, right. you know, it was sort of like her scene. So I'm sure I read it when I first read the script. I kind of read, read the script a few times, but then I focused on my bits. And then um, it was her scene. So it's like, yeah, whatever. And um, and then I realized, oh, my gosh, this, this sort of subtle inside joke that I didn't even pick up on originally. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was very clever, I thought. Right, yeah, it was. So between, you know, both Last Starfighter and, uh, what's it called, Night of the Comet, did you become like a video game player? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sadly, no. no right? <laughs> I mean, to disappointment to like really fanatical, uh, ga uh, you know, these game players. Right. Because, uh, they assume that I know what I'm doing, but like in Night of the Comet, when I'm playing that whatever the game was there was really nothing on the screen and i just had to pretend yeah and the director was kind of directing me on what to do and whatnot um but and last starfighter didn't have to do all that stuff but again it was like you know i don't there was no actual game on the screen until afterwards it was put in later so uh yeah i never really i never got into those kind of games i have to say right <laughs> Sort of stopped at Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, ironic, yeah, ironically, you mentioned that game. Uh, my daughter was playing, she discovered Pac-Man on my phone last night, so she was playing that. It was kind of funny just hearing, um, hearing the Pac-Man music again. <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? My, my daughter, who's 25, she was in one of these, uh, there's a place in um, Queens, I think, that has all these old games, and... Uh, she was playing Pac-Man. She said it was great. So much fun. Yeah. Oh, wait. Which place is that? Because I think I... What was I, it? I, I don't know. Oh, okay. I forget the name of it. Oh, okay. Because I, yeah, I know I, in like Manhattan, there's a couple places like Barcade. have like a lot of those old like video games I've been to. It's, it's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I grew up in Queens. So. Oh, you did? Yeah. I, I don't I don't know what the name of the place oh, was. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, she was just telling me about it. Right. That's cool. But uh, I also heard that they were looking to remake Night of the Comet. Is that true? There was talk of a remake, yeah. And uh, they had somebody working on it. But then the latest thing I heard is the whole thing fell through again. So um, I don't know what the status of that is either. It's all just kind of like hanging in the ether, you know. Yeah. <laughs> to get snatched up. But we really, you know, it's very separate from me certainly and and uh at one point kelly was trying to get the rights to night of the comet but okay. she they they wouldn't at the time sell 
them to her. Um, but uh, yeah, we're we're very separate. We just kind of hear things. Right. Um, yeah, and uh, but I don't know what's going on with that anymore. There was talk of a remake, which was a bit disappointing because again, yeah. Does that mean? What are they going to do to it? It's not going to be Night of the Comet anymore. But yeah. anyway, right. who knows? Who knows what'll happen? I hope. I hope if they do something with either Night of the Comet or or uh, um, the That's Last Star, that I'm around to see it, or even better, be a part of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm I know. I know all the fans would love that as well. <laughs> right. That'd be so much fun. Yeah. But uh, shifting gears a little bit, um, I remember there was a TV miniseries back in the 80s where you played a young Joan Collins, where you played a young, her character, Sins. In Sins, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you have any, like, dealings with her? her? I did. Well, I, I met her. We, we shot in Paris and in and around Paris, which was very, very cool. And once I got there, I met her. Um, I think she was finishing up, and then they were they were you know moving to my bits. Um, it, it was weird because we don't look anything alike, right. so so strange. And then, uh, um, it you know the makeup guy was just trying to do what he could to <laughs> to make me look something like her, but I really didn't. But I really enjoyed um, I enjoyed that role very much. I found it very challenging. Um, it just kind of interesting, and and the cast in that thing was unbelievable. It was, uh, yeah, it it was just like you know there were so many miniseries that and like Hollywood Wives that were made back in the eighties that that um, just hired classic actors who were having trouble finding work at the time. Um, and I was fortunate enough to be able to work with uh, some of these people, which were, it, it was amazing to me. I, I'm, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm looking it up actually. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't wanna leave, like Jean-Pierre Aumont, uh, Marissa Ber- Berenson, Stephen Burkhoff, uh, Joseph Bologna, uh, all these incredible cappuccino, all these incredible actors that had been around for gen, you know, such a long time, and and have were such had reached such a high level in their careers. Um, I don't think I appreciated it enough, and I try to. I I think back how lucky I was to have been a part of something where these incredible actors were involved as well. And, and hopefully I learned something from them, you know? Right. And cause, yeah. Cause the miniseries is now like all but extinct. It, it is all but extinct. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I don't really have an opinion one way or the other, but I know back in my early career, I benefited greatly from, from miniseries. Um, it really got me, put me on the map, and I got to work with, like I said, some incredible people, some incredible people. Anthony Hopkins I worked with in um, um, in uh, Hollywood Wives, Candace Bergen, you know, um, Angie Dickinson, all these incredible, incredible actors. Yeah. It was amazing. Right. Who, who, who did you like? Like admire growing up, like actors and actresses. 
Oh, let's see. Who did I admire growing up? Well, um, uh, <laughs> you know, I honestly, growing up, I was so involved with dance that I, I wasn't a big movie goer. I mean, I loved things like um, Mary Poppins. I loved musicals like that, so I loved Julie Andrews. Um, uh, gosh. I don't know. Hmm. I can't really think of right. specific okay. people that I was crazy about. I mean, I loved, I had a crush on Paul Newman. Okay. I thought he was like the best looking person on the planet Earth. Right. I went through a Mel Gibson phase where I just was had like these, you know, silly crushes yeah. sort of things. But uh, it's funny because it, it was an interesting transformation for me in my life to become an actress. It wasn't something I had thought about particularly. I, I love to perform. Again, I was I did this whole dancing thing. From high school, I, I went to London. I studied in a performing arts school there. So I took acting classes and singing classes and, I, and just a very general performing arts you know, curriculum. But it never, I never imagined that I would ever be in the position that I am in that I would ever be in a movie. It was uh, highly coincidental that it happened. So, it, I, I, you know, I, I didn't s study filmmaking or right. movie making or actors or any, I knew nothing really about filmmaking history. So it's, it's sort of been, it's been an interesting learning process over the years for me. Have, have your children like ever expressed interest in you know doing acting? Um, well, my daughter um, she studied acting in college, and she's got a, a terrific singing voice, a classical singing voice. So she did some musicals and things, and was involved quite quite heavily actually in college with theater. Um, and she has since there's a group of kids her friends from college that created a, a theater company that she was involved in for a while, for a number of years. She's sort of, she's kind of, she's not as involved anymore. She's kind of moved on to other things, but uh, yeah, she expressed a lot of interest. And my son was involved with, you know, theater in high school and was actually, a, I think, a very good actor, as is my daughter, right. but, um, but he, He's very shy, and and I don't think it just didn't it it wasn't sort of a natural fit for him. But interestingly, interestingly enough, most actors start out to be very very shy, and it's a way of them expressing themselves, you know. Um, so they're not pursuing acting careers, if that's the question. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, would you obviously you would give them advice and whatnot, but uh, you wouldn't be one of those stage moms, right? <laughs> Back in the day? <laughs> well, no, no. Um, I, I never encouraged the kids to get involved with acting when they were very young, which, when you, which is when you would be the stage mom thing. Right. Um, Hannah and I, my daughter and I, uh, we went to a commercial audition together once and we both got callbacks, but I got a callback with a different 
daughter and she got a call back with a different mom (laughs) (laughs) i know it was like what right but neither one of us got the job (laughs) strangely enough um and we we uh we did a, a movie together she had a small part in the movie called love and dancing um and she really got a kick out of doing that as well but you know, she was never passionate enough to really say, this is what I want to do. Help me move forward with this. So I, I was just, I just kind of like stood back and let her figure out what it was she wanted to do. Um, so, you know, she's right. kind of found her own path, but you never know. I mean, I didn't know I was going to be an actor, so who knows? Yeah, so true. Yeah. <laughs> have, have you kids, you know, seen, seen your movies? They have. Yeah. Um, they've seen quite a few of them. And no, they're not impressed. <laughs> I don't think any actor's child is, you know, impressed by their career because that's all they know. You right. know, it's like, why would that be any more interesting than, you know, having a fireman as a parent or something? But they, uh, sort of a charming thing happened one year. They're, they were born three years apart, but their birthdays are very close together. Um, And they each wanted to have a sleepover party this one year when they were quite young and they wanted to play my movies. So (laughs) for the sleepover, they played like Night of the Comet and Last Starfighter and I think Mischief as well, I'm not sure. And that was that was so much fun for me it just <laughs> I don't know it just right. them acknowledging I guess that I'm actually this is what I do because it, it, we just never really talked about it very much it wasn't like they were involved with what I did at all so that was fun for me that they wanted to do that right and I guess we'll talk about uh Weekend of Bernie's which I don't know if you show them that movie right <laughs> Um, yeah, they've seen it. They've okay. definitely seen it, I believe. Yeah. Right. And it's not celebrating a 35th anniversary. It's celebrating a 30th anniversary. So a lot of milestones in your career. Uh, that's, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm feeling old. I know yeah. I'm feeling really oh, old. God. Yeah. I mean, I, another movie I love. It's, you know, it's a fun movie. It's a stupid movie. The premise is stupid, but it's fun and it works. Um, what was that shoot like? Uh, yeah, that was that was like a cakewalk for me in a way i mean they we shot in new york and in um in north carolina um wilmington north carolina it was supposed to be the hamptons but they and they literally built that house on the beach it was just there was no foundation or anything for the movie they built the house and installed this swimming pool that was easy to just take down after it was all done and you know, behind the upstairs doors and things, like there was nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that was kind of interesting, but it was fun. It was interesting to shoot in New York, but at that time in New York, which was what nineteen eighty six or seven or something like that, um, it was still New York was still kind of a tough place, right, and it yeah. really kind of intimidated me. So. That was an interesting experience. I just wasn't like sure whether I could walk around by myself. People were sort of more classically grumpy New Yorkers, you know, right. that didn't, 
it didn't really give you the time of day. And that kind of intimidated me because they're so the opposite in Los Angeles, which was where I was living at the time. I mean, it's completely changed now. I mean, I've been living in New York for 25 years, raised my kids here, um, or there. I'm in mm. North, North Carolina at the moment. Right. Um, and it's, it's a different place now. But at the time, it, it kind of creeped, it freaked me out a little bit. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and then they just flew me to North Carolina, to Wilmington, and put me up in the condo for the entire shoot. So um, I kind of sat around on the beach until they asked me to come on set and would go on the set for, you know, I think I probably shot a total of a couple of weeks over a two-month period. But it was fun, you know. Um, but boy, was I ready to go when I got to be on the set, which was probably really annoying for everybody else because they were shooting long hours and working really, really hard and were tired. And here I show up going, <laughs> let's shoot a movie. You right. know? Um, but it was, it was fun. It was also a genre that I hadn't really been involved with very much, the comedic side of it. So that was that was fun for me. Um, it's funny though when I first read that script, I thought this is the most ridiculous thing yeah. I have ever read in my life. And this this scene of Bernie being towed behind a motorboat and banging into buoys—it's right. just sick. Well, you know. That wasn't my sense of humor, but it sure was a lot of other people's sense of humor. <laughs> it, it, I think it was sort of unique also at the time. I mean, I think that sort of movie is made a lot nowadays, but at the time I think it was pretty original. So that, that helped for sure. Yeah, it definitely was original back then. How, how difficult was it for, for Terry to, to shoot that movie? Yeah, he... He was uh, he was terrific, wasn't he? I mean, yeah. who could play a dead character better than that? Right. And he's a wonderful guy. I've seen him at conventions as well. Uh, terrific actor. Um, there, you know, a lot of that. Obviously, the Bernie being pulled behind oh, the was a dummy. Right. Yeah. But there was lots where he had to hold his breath, pretend he was dead until the scene was over. And there was one scene, it was the scene where um, Andrew's character, you know, the two, Andrew and Jonathan's character discover him in his home. Right. And they, they discover that he's dead. Well, that was Terry playing that. And while they were shooting that scene, um, instead of cut, instead of cutting, um, Ted Kotcheff just said to keep rolling until, <laughs> You know, so Terry had to hold his breath because he wasn't going to open his eyes and he wasn't going to start breathing until Ted Kotcheff, the director, said cut. And um, Ted just jokingly let, uh, said to just keep rolling, don't say cut, and let's see how long Terry Kaiser will last. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a joke on uh, Terry Kaiser. For, not so funny for him, maybe, but yeah, eventually he turned pretty red and, you know, just had to breathe. Right, of course. <laughs> they could laugh at his expense. Yeah, that's great. But uh, yeah, so when does the movie you're working on come out now? Oh, I can hear. Are you in New York? Yeah, I'm in New York. Uh, yeah. Some, I don't know, fire truck, ambulance, I don't know what's going on back there. It's pretty loud. Yeah, it's pretty normal. <laughs> yeah. I get birds down here. You get fire engines. Yeah, and a normal day. <laughs> the usual. Yeah. Uh, 
So, yeah, it was a, a Christmas movie that I shot up in Ottawa. Okay. Um, which is kind of an interesting premise. It's, uh, it's about a mother-daughter singing duo who have a falling out. And 15 years later, their longtime manager kind of tricks them into performing together again because they're still very, very popular, and this record company wants to cut a record with them. Um, so it's a story about how these two, you know, force themselves to sit down and cut a, a record album. And in the meantime, they go through their bumps and their ups and downs, um, how they mend their relationship. Um, and yeah, it's a Christmas movie. It's very, you know, that sort of Hallmark kind of a theme. It's for Up TV. Okay. Um, and of course, it'll be re released sometime around Christmas. I have no idea when, but it was really interesting for me because I got to go to the studio and record um, and you know perform on stage as a as a sort of a country and western style singer. Uh, really, really fun. Um, that's my operative word when I talk about my work is how fun it is. Because it just is for me. I, I don't know how else to ex how else to describe it. Um, it's that, not that great. I don't take it seriously. Yeah. I just really, really enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you really weren't enjoying it, you wouldn't do it, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah. But this this was great. We'll, we'll look forward to that movie and good luck with all your all your anniversaries this year. Um, and, right. And, and, and let's hope we'll have some sequels instead of some remakes. Exactly. That would be fantastic. And a special thanks to Catherine for joining me today. Go like her Facebook page to search Catherine Mary Stewart. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the first all one nine. Be sure to like the page for Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem shows on soundcloud it's on podbean if you want some reliving my youth merchandise go to relivingmyyouth.threadless.com a new episode comes out every wednesday and we'll see you next week